Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. All right, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, let's go. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Sobriety Podcast. My name is Christine, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, I would like to thank Miss Nancy Baird, who is our sponsor for today. Nancy is a friend of ours in recovery, and she just really supports the show, and I'm so grateful for you, Nancy. Thank you so much. Um, today, I have on Miss Donna W., Right, um, that we, Donna, I'm trying to remember, did we meet in a, in a recovery page or were you referred to me? I can't remember. I think it was Sister Sobriety. That's right, that's right. Okay, so, so I say on the show often that there are, um, there are great resources if you are seeking recovery, if you're in recovery, if you um, love someone who's in recovery. Um, there are great resources, you know, namely on Facebook. That's kind of where I hang out the most as far as that goes. But, you know, just like in person, I think for me, in-person meetings and groups is where it's at. But there is certainly support that you can uh, find in these groups. Um, but if, and if one doesn't fit, just like in person, you just, you know, you try, you know, you try a different one. So, but yeah, Sisters in Sobriety, I think is, is where I ran into Miss Donna and she was graciously willing to come on and share her experience, strength and hope. And Donna, just on the show, we just share what it was like, what happened and what we're like now. Just, you know, reaching that person who is still suffering, you know, because it's, sure. we just, we have to, if we're going to keep it, we've got to go back in and try to save some, help, help, help save some of the others. So I would love to hear the story of Miss Donna. So it's, it's all up to you, sister. All right. Um, my name is Donna and yes, I am an alcoholic. Hi, Donna. Um, I started when I was nine years old. Okay. I I was at my aunt's and she introduced my cousin and I to whiskey sours. Okay. And from that time on, I tried to do anything to get alcohol. Really? Even as a baby like that, usually as a a little baby like that, you're going to shun away from that kind of strong stuff. So it it fits you like a glove, huh? (laughs) It did. Wow. It did. Okay. So needless to say, I spent many, many weekends at my cousin's house. I bet you did. During that time. Um, from then, when I was getting older in my teens, I was managing to find ways to ride my bike in the worst parts of Detroit to the party stores to get alcohol. Um, back then they, they didn't care. They sold to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in school, high school was one of my worst. I was drunk every day. Um, so that was like from... 15, 14 on, I was drunk every day. Um, 
I've had problems with our softball team. Um, I was one of the top on the softball team, and there were a few of us from our team and another high school team that on our way to the ball field, we got drunk before our game. We were in the back of the bus, had our stuff. Every every week, we would somebody would supply it, one of us, and we went from there and drunk it. I was drunk every day. Now, were you an only but, uh, child, Donna? No, I do have a brother and sister. Okay. okay. Older brother okay. and sister. Gotcha. So you were the youngest. Yes. Okay. And um, during the book 15, I was when I got into um, friends with, with an older baseball team. They were all like 24, 25. And I just hung around because I love baseball. Well, they were a bar league, and that was right up my alley. So what's, so a, what's a bar every, league? What does that mean? Um, they played for a bar, uh, a bar sponsor. Okay, gotcha. gotcha so gotcha, they would gotcha. go to the bar every night after practice, after games, and that was it. I was in my glory. Oh, wow. Because all I had to do was work a little bit, get my money, and they would buy my drinks for me. Mm. And it was just so simple to get my alcohol back then. Mm -hmm. It was it was an everyday thing. And then um, one day after I graduated, uh, I went to California with my uh, to move out with my brother. And again, I joined another softball league sponsored by a bar. And again, still underage, I was in my glory because it was all coming to me. Didn't have to show any ID, didn't have to do anything. So that went on until I was 20 years old and I hit my rock bottom. One day I was at the bar. Um, I stepped out for fresh air and a cigarette. And the last thing I remember is waking up in the morning, beaten to a pulp and asking myself, what the hell happened? So I contacted a few of my friends that were at the bar with me that night. They said, when I walked out of the bar, I disappeared somewhere. They were looking all over for me. I walked out about eight o'clock. I came back around midnight, all beaten up. Till this day, I don't remember what happened. And to me, during that night, they took me home. They were trying to get me to the hospital. I kept refusing. So they dropped me off at home, and somewhere during that night, I called AA and said, I need help. Don't even remember that either. In the morning when I woke up and saw how bad I was beaten, I received a phone call, and it was from a member from AA saying, hey, Donna, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste mine. You were pretty drunk last night. Do you want to quit drinking? And I was staring at myself in a mirror wondering what the hell happened. And I said, yes, I think I'm ready. I know I'm ready. And from that day on, I didn't have a drink. So that was 40 years ago. And I had a, I met a sponsor due to, I don't even remember, I was so clawed, uh, foggy and cloudy about in the beginning of my sobriety. I knew that was a Saturday night going into Sunday, but I didn't make the first meeting till Tuesday. Mm. So I kept, I, I forgot or didn't know why 
but um, I was talked to every day by this lady until I got to a meeting. So when I went to a meeting, I had another lady approach me and saw what a wreck I was in and asked, you know, just hang on, hang here. And I asked her, can she be my sponsor? Because they were talking about sponsorship during that meeting. And she did. And from that moment on, she is still my sponsor. She is still alive. I'm still alive. She has 41 years of sobriety. I have 40 years of sobriety. Wow. And we're still best of friends. This was out in California. I'm, I moved back to Michigan. She ended up moving up to Washington. And now I'm living in Florida, but still friends, still sponsorship. And what she has taught me over the years is, was phenomenal. Mm. She taught me how to stay sober. She, teach, uh, she taught me what to do when I'm in trouble. Um, the thing is, you got to build a strong foundation. Your sobriety has to be strong. Or I could see myself once I'm slipping that I can go off the edge. Mm -hmm. And from, you know, issues happen, stuff happens, good stuff, bad stuff in your life. It's how you deal with it, it's how you accept it. Um, I, I had to learn how to accept a lot of bad things that happen. And by the grace of God, I'm here, she's still here. I told her she'll never give, uh, I'll never give her up. <laughs> and uh, we got a great relationship. It's been pretty cool. That's amazing. What was your childhood like? Um, I mean, was, were, your were your parents alcoholic addict or, I mean, I, I, no. usually when you look back and you shake the tree hard enough, the alcoholics will fall out, <laughs> you know, right. kind of thing, the, the family tree. <laughs> Um, so what, what was, what was your history like? My parents didn't drink only on occasions. Um, they weren't, you know, they were, they were like the Brady Bunch parents. They were very understand, very, um, very good with it. Why they didn't see it is either they didn't want to see it or I don't know. Hmm. I can't imagine a nine year old drinking and then by the 14 coming home every night drunk and them not know it I, I to me that's i just can't see it but um they were i mean i a lot of times growing up i pretend i had a sore throat back then those days it was whiskey and honey mm -hmm. so i kept saying you know it's my tonsils so every night when i had a a craving i'd say you know Mom, Dad, my tonsils are really hurting me. Well, they give me whiskey and honey. Now it's good to go. Wow. But I don't know why they didn't see it. It's plain. I mean, I have a great niece right now that's 11. And I look at her going, I drink at that age. And I kept looking, okay, is she drinking? Is she doing drugs? Is she doing, you know? And it's like, how can people not do it? Right. It was so, well, it's not as easy now as it was back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go to party stores and it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was meant to be to go through this route. Um, I became an officer in Detroit. A police officer? 
Yes. Oh, really? And they had, um, they're cops. They drink all the time. You know, they're in the back of the parking lot drinking after shift. They're they're always at the bar and stuff. And that was very hard for me. I was going to say, yeah. How did you work that? Just had to had go home, call my sponsor. I have a wonderful wife that, that has been with me for 35 years. So we... Uh, she learned how to help too on, on really stressful nights. Right. Or days. I worked a lot midnights. Mm-hmm. And then I would call my my sponsor and say, Hey, this is not a good night. I this is what I had or this is what I'm going through. And uh there was only one time and, and I was a police officer for ten years and there was only one time I felt rewarded for it, being sober. I had a, a gentleman we were, we were investigating. He saw my last name, and he said, do you have a cousin in rehab? She was a teacher. And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, God bless you both, because that helped me recover. Oh, wow. And you being an officer, that even helps me more. And it was like, that was so rewarding just to see that part. So were the you best part, were you living so ahead. you were living your sobriety out loud? I mean they people like people in your oh, yeah. unit knew you were in recovery or recovered? Yes. Okay. Yes. They all knew it. Um they all respected it. They didn't pressure or you know say, you know, come on, let's have a drink. Mm-hmm. Nope. They all they all uh just kind of watched out and made sure everything oh, was good great. to go in. Wow. But wow. that's that was it. That was basically it. And, you know, parents dying. And then the final uh, straw of me being an officer was I was involved in a police shooting where I was standing shoulder to shoulder with an officer getting shot in the head and dying. Oh, my. And then my partner, my scout car partner, and I returned fire killing him. Then there was... Um, the city of Detroit didn't bother uh, prosecuting. There's two other defendants. They didn't want to prosecute. It was it was a horrible, horrible scene. And going through that and going through with the department, um, there was two scout uh, two guys in the car. They did armed robbery about um, three hours away from Detroit. They came to. Detroit to hide out and it was just what we thought a simple um, traffic stop maybe a stolen car turned into a whole fiasco Um, after we shot him we had to go down to homicide but with procedure and I found out that Detroit wasn't prosecuting any of them and I couldn't understand why Um, I tried to search for answers for for Pat. Pat was the officer that got shot. I was trying to find answers for his children because they couldn't understand um, and the family. And I kept getting brushed off and and stuff. And it prompted me to write a book about that shooting and the aftermath with the city. I still don't have answers for the kids. Um, And now, I mean, they were very young. They were three five 
and seven. Oh, wow. And they, you know, their dad got shot and killed. And what the city of Detroit put us through, me and my partner, we just, you know, she was a, she's a drinker. And I says, you know, it's so close sometimes back then that I wanted to say the hell with it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, the foundation, the foundation of my sobriety kept me strong enough. My support, my sponsor, my wife, that is the only way I walked out of that sober still. But that was that was heart wrenching. What would happen? Wow. So do do you um, do you attend meetings? I do online meetings now. Um, since I've been down to Florida, I was a snowbird, and then we just decided to move here permanently. I uh, I have a few. There are a few people in this park that are recovering. A friend of mine has 36 years of sobriety. And we were talking about getting a meeting going here. I personally like face-to-face uh, -face meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I grew up with in sobriety. I think it's more um, connected you get that connection, yeah. I think, a little better than behind a screen. Right. Um, but when I was in Detroit, I stopped the the meetings because I was finding the meetings I went to, there were people there that I wrote tickets to. There were people there that I arrested. So I kept trying to bounce around from different cities. And sure enough, there happened to be one. And it's like, I can't be here. Yeah. Well, and just so and be true to yourself, and just yeah, be the be what you're supposed to be in a, in a meeting setting like that. With not be reserved, right? You know, when you right. hold back and stuff like that, you're not getting the full benefit of what what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. So then, when I when I um, when when the COVID hit and all this technology to me that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, I decided, yes, let's do a few online meetings, and I have. But now that I'm down in Florida, it's like I want to hold a meeting again. I want to be a chairperson. That's a great idea to start your own. I love it. Donna. I love it. You should. Back in uh, in California, my sponsor made me <laughs> do, be a chairperson for a meeting and stuff. And, I mean, the, the work she made me do was phenomenal. There were many times I bitched, I yelled, but all in all, it was good for my, my well-being. Mm -hmm. um, she got me so involved that with her, she was uh, um, also an instructor at, at a recovery house. It was an all-men's recovery house, and she taught classes there. Well, I had to be sitting in the audience with for, with her because she wouldn't allow me not to. When she said, I got to go to work, and it's like, okay, have a good time. Oh, no, 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 no. You're uh -uh. coming with me. Uh -uh. So listening to her with all that, and, and even the guys at the, the, at the house were just phenomenal. And, and everybody I ran into for her, with her uh -huh. were just phenomenal and, and everything helped.
Well, and I think that's such an intricate part of um, of recovery. Is of course the sponsorship. I mean, that's you know that that's you know one hundred percent of the time when someone has relapsed, they've stopped doing what our book says to do. But it's just very simple. Right. It's very simple. Um, right. But that having that community. It's just, you know, my husband and I, he's not one of us, but he loves recovery. I mean, he's one of those that, you know, he's like, my gosh, the 12 steps ought to be taught in high school, you know. Um, but but he um, he's jealous, you know. I mean, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he is. He's like, you, you have a place where you can go and sit with, you know, a room full of people that you can say some of the weirdest crap that I've heard some of you people talk about and y'all laugh at it. And I'm like, yeah, we're not a glum line. <laughs> and he's like, but you get to take all your crap down there and just lay it on the table and go, guys, I can't, uh, you know, and just, and, right. and that mirror that is their eyes when they're looking at you, when you're talking about something you did or something you're thinking, it doesn't change. You know, and, and they're willing to, if the bare minimum, they're willing to just listen and, or, or to give some friendly, you know, advice if you ask for it, or it just, or refer to the literature, back to the literature, what it says in our big book about, you know, right. certain things and the community, man, I just, I love it. I yes. love it. Those are, yes. those are my people. And <clears throat> we were talking about it the other day. You know, when I, when I, I remember on March 14th, because I mean, I'll be 12 in March. Um, but I remember walking, thank you. I remember walking, I can see, I know you can't see what I see, but I'm on the 21st floor of a building in Waco, Texas. And I can see where, where I got sober, just right down the street. I can see, wow. yeah, I can see the, the steeple of the church. You know, we walk up three stairs to the upper room. Um, but I can remember walking in and sitting down on that day and for the first time in my life I belonged somewhere mm -hmm. you know Absolutely. I wasn't trying to fit in I I I wasn't thinking about what if you what you were thinking about me I wasn't thinking about what you could do for me I just belonged and it was the most foreign wonderful, amazing miracle of a feeling that I had never felt before. And it was I beautiful. That. It was beautiful. Now, that's not all there is. And, and you know, my, my, you know, rewind six months before that, I was going into that room sitting in what I call the exit chair, which is the one right by the door, you know, to where as soon as they say <laughs> amen, I'm like out, you know, and I, I right. don't have to talk to anybody. Nobody has to talk to me and, you know, keep my head down. Um, and I didn't get a sponsor. I'm a smart person. I can see the steps on the wall. <laughs> I can read them, you know, but that, you know, I, I just, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and, you know, my last major drunk was a Sam size bottle of Listerine on, you know, and the next day I was ready to take my life you know, and God intervened in a big way, but it, it's the community when you, when you put our medicine, you know, I, 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 I call it our medicine. You know, we have a, in my opinion, um, I believe what the literature says. I have a disease that, that 
can be put into remission if I take the proper medicine, which is the literature, the meetings, the sponsor, and service. You know, it, 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 as long as I'm doing the deal, I can keep my disease at bay. But if I stop right. doing it, if I stop taking that cocktail of perfect medicine that keeps my disease at bay, I'm back out. And for me to drink again is to die. There's just all there is to it. That's all there is. And right. I know that, you know, um, but, it, but, you know, but my have to's changed to get to's, you know, I don't have to go to a meeting. I get to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and it's such a beautiful life. People, it just, it drives me nuts. Like in the, in the recovery rooms online and stuff where, you know, people are like, you know, I, I did it on my own or, you know, I didn't need that. And it's like, you don't know what you're missing. Yes. <laughs> you don't know That's what right. you're missing. Don't, That's right. You, that is not a feather in your cap. Self cannot push self out of the middle of self. It doesn't yes. work that way. You know, and, and it, you know, I, we were talking to the other day about the difference between sobriety and recovery, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. be sober. Right. I do not just want to be sober. I want to be right. in recovery. I want to be a recovered alcoholic. My dad yep. was a dry drunk for all of my, all of my adult life and was the, one of the most miserable people you'd ever meet in your life, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I just, yeah, I, I'll eat a bullet before I, I just can't imagine. Yeah. Not, I, not drinking. I would rather die if I yes. didn't have this program. That was, that was my yep. solution. You know, I had to find, I had to find a replacement for my solution, which was alcohol, you know, and, and I just, man, the gratitude, dude, I'll tell you what is just it's phenomenal. Oozes. It is phenomenal. It is, it is phenomenal. So I do, yeah, I, I hope that you'll seek that because you, I bet you, I bet you, you put the word out and us alcoholics will come out of the woodwork to get to that meeting that you start. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Cause there's gotta I be people. It. Yeah. There's gotta pe- be people right around you that are feeling the same way. I mean, in this community, we have 900 homes. You got, <laughs> come on. Yeah, we know. We know. They're out there. <laughs> well, and even you know, we used to. We used to have a. There's a ladies' meeting that I that I I go to every Saturday. That um, used to be all isms. So it was um, it, it was OA, um, NA, uh, AA, DA. It was all the A's. You know that we came together, and it was so beautiful, Donna. The I I'm just going to be honest. Uh, you know, we had several OAs in there, and, and, and when they when I first started going to that meeting, I thought, okay, why are they here? I mean, you know, I almost died of alcoholism. It, I, I was I was so ignorant. I was so ignorant, and oh, sister, they are they had just as much. Uh, their demon may have been dressed differently, but their demon right. was just as big as mine. I yes. mean, just as yes. big as mine. It was a beautiful meeting where we were able to see into other people's worlds, you know, that that whatever the path was that led them to that gate of hell, we all were standing at that gate of hell before we were saved from it. 
you know. Yes. And so hearing about other people's paths was just, it was a beautiful thing. It's, it's subsequently been changed just to an AA meeting, but yeah, it was a great meeting though before. Oh, I bet yeah. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's anytime I can help somebody with it. I'm there, you know, it's, I had a little, uh, I don't know, you want to say <laughs> an argument online, but this gentleman said to me, have you relapsed? Have you ever relapsed? And I went, no. And he goes, well, then you're not an alcoholic. Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> well, thank you for that diagnosis, sir. Yeah. I said, sir, I didn't relapse because I'm working the program. Right. And I understand the program. If you relapse over and over again, you need to get a grip. You need to get back into the program because you ain't done something exactly. that it says to do. <laughs> right? We make so this like so much harder than it has to be. Right. So I didn't want people to think, okay, I didn't relapse. So I'm not an alcoholic. And then go out there and try again. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to straighten this guy out. on a, um, It was an AA meeting. And just trying to tell people, no, you don't have to relapse to be an alcoholic. Right. If you got, if you're working this as best as you can, and as strong as you can, you're going to continue. And if you don't choose to drink, you will continue your sobriety. Well, and don't the f- think and the f- you right. Well, and the fact of the matter is, is relapse relapse is not a part of recovery. Relapse <laughs> is a part of the disease. Right. Yeah. So if the disease is active, just like I said, that means you're missing something in that in in the medicine that our big book talks about that you know the the of what we're supposed to do to stay recovered. Right. Yeah, that right. that's but you know there there are times though you you get these little trolls it's just not yeah, you just <laughs> girl, mm, trust me, I know. I know. I bet, I bet you do. We we just stay away from crazy and we just pat it yes. on its head and just look, keep keep going cuz yeah, those are those are things that certainly try to trip you up. And I yes. I fall prey to that all the time. Mhm. <laughs> But, oh, yeah, I, I've been out of the loop as far as meetings go, except for online. But no, I'm ready. There's so much that I can I can share with people, especially young ones. I try to look for the young ones. Mm-hmm. My sobriety date was when I was 20 years old. I wasn't even legally to uh, to drink. Right. And I'm already in recovery. Wow. I mean. I'm sure a lot of lot of teens are struggling with that too. I mean, for my 21st birthday, my sponsor and a few other friends of mine went out, had pizza, had pop, and had a hell of a good time. Wow! And that's what it's all about. Well, yeah, because you think your life's over with. Shit, at 42, I yeah. thought my life was. I'm telling you, Donna, I could take you to the chair I sat in, and I was texting with my husband, and I was going, "Our lives are basically over with." We will never travel again. We will never go to this restaurant, that restaurant, the other restaurant. There's what it was. It's almost comical because I felt that too. I felt okay. What are we gonna do? I mean, what? What? Oh my gosh! What is this? So is this what I got to look? It. I was so wrong. I I was so wrong. I, I, I just. Oh my gosh! That thinking. 
We are crazy. We are crazy. And I'm still somewhat crazy, but I can keep that crazy at bay. But we're we're just we're nuts thinking that type of way. That our yes. our lives are just over with because we we can't pour poison into our bodies anymore. I agree. I agree. That's crazy. How do you start your day every day? With uh, prayer, with prayer and gratitude that I have another day of sobriety under mm. my belt when I wake up. And thank God for everything I do have. My, you know, I do have issues, which is in everyday life, but I don't mind them anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get crazy over the little stuff. And I, I really don't get crazy over big stuff either. It's like, it is what it is. Just accept it and go on. Mm-hmm. So you retired down to Florida then? Um, yes. Good for you. Good for you. Yes. Yep. There are worst places to live, I can tell you. <laughs> but my husband. Well, Michigan. Michigan wasn't bad, but they did have a cold. They're having a cold winter, and it's like, ah, ah, see ya. Nina, Nina. That's well, and um, Rick and my husband and I, we, um, up until what two, well, it has to be a year and a half. Well, gosh, I guess two years ago. Our our heaven is Sanibel Island. That is, that is our absolute heaven. And we were going twice a year up until Hurricane Ian hit. And uh, oh, wiped it, yeah, just not wiped it off the map, but pert near. I mean, it, it, the damage, it was just amazing. So we haven't been back since the hurricane, but that is Sanibel Island just off the coast of Fort Myers. That is, man, that's our heaven. We love it I, there. I've never been. Well, it is the last time I checked, which we've been going, I guess, for about eight years now. It's the second best shelling place in the world. Really? Yeah. And, I, you know, and it's one of those things that my husband had come to me, you know, like I said, eight, nine years ago. And he said, I, I, let's go to Sanibel Island. He was raised in Tampa. And um, I said, well, you know, what's in Sanibel? He said, shells. And I thought, okay, like seashells? And he said, yeah, seashells. And I'm like, okay, whatever floats your boat. Girl, <laughs> girl. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's a, it's a, like a treasure hunt. I mean, you just, you walk the surf or you walk just in the, and finding these big conch shells and they're just, oh, it's, oh, it's so, oh, oh, it's so much fun. It's so just, it's mindless, you know, um, just fun, silly fun. And we, you know, who finds the best shell for the day? And there's certain shells that if you find them, you, contact these people and get your your face in the newspaper with you know with that shell that you find and um it's just That's yeah cool. it's a, you gotta check it out when you get the chance they I are will. they will. are rebuilding but it they were hit so hard by that hurricane so anyway that yeah, i'm just out of tampa so ian happened right before we came back down for the winter okay you know we had another tropical storm come through and I said, oh, my God, I don't even want, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, but. Right, because it's not it, a matter it of if. Rough. It's not a matter of if. Yeah. It's when, yeah, it's when. And because, yeah, uh, Ian was pointed straight towards Tampa. 
um, before yes. it took that turn. Yes. And we watched it. There's several live cams on the island that we watched. Um, we watched it. The hurricane hit, and it was just. I mean, I just cried. It was. You know, we we took our entire family. Rick and I took 18 people. We took to Sanibel in 2018 wow. to this beautiful little uh, place with cottages called Shalimar. And it was, it had a, it had a swimming pool and then it had cottages all around it, kind of like a old wagon trail style, you know, to where it was beautiful because the kids could play in the pool and we hit, it was just wonderful. And to see it, it, the entire thing was wiped away. All that was left was a swimming pool. I mean, it was just, you just have no point of reference of what a storm like that can do. It was just a devastating, mm-hmm. but but we're, we're going to get back there and spend some money. So anyway, well, sister, I'm so thankful for you coming on and talking to me and keep me posted. I want to hear about that meeting you're going to start. I am. I am going to start it. I've already talked to my sponsor about it and it's like, okay, let's get this. Let me get this going. Mm -hmm. There's bound to be an intergroup close. I miss it. Mm -hmm. I miss that, that I miss the family, the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, the one, not to the what the one that has 36 uh 36 years sobriety here he said let's just have a regular meeting we don't need to broadcast it we don't need to bring in new people he goes i'm not ready for that wow it's not about you that's part, yeah that's a part of the whole recovery it's not about yeah it's not about you yeah yeah well uh, I mean, it's like no even just starting out, just reading out of the book, you know, I mean, there's yes. I, the meeting. I just, I just chaired the, the 12 o'clock meeting here in Waco just now. And, and, um, you know, staying in our literature, going back, cause I'm telling you, girl, they yes. keep, they keep adding stuff to that book that I didn't read before in the past 12 years. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, when did I they know. put that in there? You know, it's just, a, it's a living, oh, breathing I'm... thing. It's just, yeah, it's yep. beautiful. I read two pages a day. I read yeah, every, every okay. day. I read two pages, and so yeah, that'll if you do that, that'll afford you reading that big book, you know, three or four times a year. Oh, I've got that baby right um, next to my bed. Yeah, but it and it's living that and breathing. Came to believe. Mm-hmm. I like came, came to believe. I like living sober. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are back in '83. I'm sure the books are the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen any updated literature. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine had the. Um, fourth edition of the big book yeah that's what i've and got mm-hmm. unfortunately she died of alcoholism oh no so that's what we do if we're not careful yeah that's what it's we like do you you got to you got to hang on and build your sobriety mm-hmm. you gotta build a strong foundation mm-hmm. well it's a, and, and it's a way of life it's a way of life yes you know, yes. it's not just a, a meeting you go to. It's a, it's a way of life and, and the, the community and all that. But it's a beautiful life. I wish, you know, there, I wish we could shove it down people's throats, you know, but it just doesn't work yes. that way. We have to be open and let them, you know, come to us however they come to us and just be willing to be of service. Yeah. So. And after, well, with my 40 years of sobriety, I wrote a little book about my uh, venture. Yeah. What's that called? My sponsor. It's called uh, Reflection Collection Sobriety. Oh, wow. It's, let me show you. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can find that on the Amazon picture. or where can they find, where can listeners Amazon, find it? Amazon, yes. Okay. Okay. And are you, you're okay with obviously giving your last name how to find it if they did a search oh, on Amazon? Spell, why don't you spell your yep. last name, Donna? Sure. It's W 
U D Y K A. K A. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's check out that book and um, we'll find it and put a link when this uh, episode drops. I think your episode drops on the 23rd. So um, we'll, okay. we'll put a link to that as well. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. And sister. it's nice meeting you. You as well. I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on and share your story. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. That means a lot. It's getting me back into the swing of things and it's always a good place to be back involved. It's always a good place to be. Thank you, girl. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the purpose driven sobriety podcast. Thanks for listening to purpose driven sobriety. Keep coming back. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.